Hello. We want to thank you for joining our Living Messiah family by downloading this podcast. We hope it blesses you and enriches your life. We also want to encourage you, uh, if you can, and if your heart is so moved, to support this ministry by going on our website, livingmessiah.com, and donating to help us to put these podcasts in every nation, every place, so we can bring these messages to change lives, to help people grow in the Word of God. Once again, thank you so much for being part of our family. Shalom. All right. Well, Shabbat Shalom, everyone. I'm glad all you're here. Let me open in prayer, and then we can get into our study uh, in Matthew chapter 22. Father Yahweh, we give you great thanks. Father, we thank you for this awesome day, uh, uh, Shabbat rain that you're bringing upon us, and we thank you for that, Father. We just thank you for your continual provision for here at this community. Father, we come, we come here to understand your ways, understand your words, and Father, we ask that your spirit will be here and help us to understand and clarity that we may become more like your son, Yeshua, who we trust in whom that you had sent to us. Father, and we thank you again for the sacrifice that he has done because of his blood. Ultimately, he's bringing us back home to you, Father. Again, we thank you. Amen. Wow. So everyone all dry? <laughs> I know I got drenched today, but it's kind of awesome to have the rain going on out there. So, so um, like usual, I'll, take, I'll, I'll start going through some of this, so we'll have some talking points. Um, and you just raise your hand, and the mic will uh, get to you. I, I just ask of you, please make sure uh, the comments are on point of what we're talking about. And uh, brief as well, in case there's other brothers and sisters that would like to um, comment as well. I have in my notes, I want to, how's the chairs feel, guys? Pretty nice. And uh, so we, uh, I think they, they look great and easy to clean up. So and that's an awesome blessing like the Father's been able to provide for us. Um, and then the other thing, our new Toral schedules are out. If you don't have one, there will be someone on the, um, on the back there. And what's interesting about these is they have the upcoming feast of 2019 on them. And I just want to add all the cool kids get, have them. So make sure you get yours, okay? Um, we left off in Matthew uh, 22:40. That's where we'll pick up. The setting is, is in and around Jerusalem again and the days leading up to Messiah's crucifixion. But I'm, I'm emphasizing again how he is being looked at, being questioned, being judged, scrutinized, just like the lamb that was brought in at the time of the exodus, the, the first Passover. Okay, So we see Messiah is going through those same motions, that same, same type of picture. We had the Sadduce- Sadducees first, uh, a couple weeks ago, and then now we're going to have the Pharisees, uh, and then we had the Pharisees questioning Yeshua as well. So we see this, this is what was going on. This is the context where we're at. And I had mentioned to you, I, I think it's necessarily, not necessarily a bad thing, the, uh, what they were doing. They were questioning, um, questioning this guy, you know, um, and what brought out to me, we all should be doing that. We all should be looking at our our Bibles, researching these things 
um, that people say that the you know that in in everything that maybe that I'm saying too, research it and see for yourself. We all got to be proving uh, the scriptures in our lives one way or another. Okay. Uh, let me see. And what I've been trying to show you is uh, one of the key things is um, I'm hoping that I'm presenting it correctly is we're understanding the New Testament all from the old, everything that's been written down before. Or another word for that, it would be the Torah. Hold on one second. It just Did you do something back there? The Apple TV crashed on me, but I'll bring it back up. I don't know, it's not through the projector. So as, as he's looking at that, um, and what I was saying, by looking at the, the New Testament, make sure everything that's uh, defining itself from the Old Testament, that's what we have to do. If we are not doing that, then we'll end up as we have today, and what I mean by that is the church does what they think is right in their own eyes, okay? So if they're operating and they're throwing away the Old Testament and those old commandments, you end up, what Isaiah said, they do what they think is right in their own eyes. Because then if you're not going by that gauge, then you're ultimately going by what you're designing your own, making up your um, your own types of doctrines that are not uh, based in the Old Testament. Um, so when you disregard the law of Moses, the Torah, and use only the New Testaments, that's what you'll end up uh, find where you'll find yourself in that idea. So what? I need to exit that. But we'll come up there. Okay. All right, awesome. I think we got it fixed. So, sorry for this. All right. So, we're going to continue on. If it will. Yes. In Matthew 22. Uh, 41. This is, I'll, I'll read this for us. And then the Pharisees were gathered together. Yahshua asked them, saying, What do you think concerning the Messiah? Whose son is he? They said to him, The son of David. And he said to them, Then how does David in the spirit call him master, saying, Yahuwah said to my master, Sit at my right hand until I make your enemies a footstool, uh, footstool of your feet. If David calls him master, how is he his son? And no one was able to answer him a word. And from that day, no one was, a, was bold enough to ask him any more questions. So it seems, I'm going to, again, the backdrop plays a very important thing here. It seems like there are five groups of people here. We looked at the Sadducees. This is all going on at the same time, okay? 
The Sadducees, the Pharisees, the scribes are here. We'll see that in a second. Um, Just general people are here. And let's say then the fifth one would be maybe those followers of Yahshua, the apostles or disciples, okay? So so what I want to, by looking at this, it reminds me of a a movie script of some sort, okay? And uh, I'll show you why. Because each writer of the Gospels is providing a different part um, of the dialogue here, okay? Different stages in the conversation, but the same event, okay? That's important to know. You need to think of, uh, like I said, you need to think of this all together. The Sadducees, uh, I believe, are still present here, even though he just recently called them out on their doctrine of um, their doctrine of the resurrection, you know, and his comment was, you do not know the power of Elohim, nor what the scriptures say. I might have that backwards, but so, so let me explain what I, uh, let me go through and I'll show you, and we're going to look at Mark and Luke as well, okay? So if we start with Mark, and when Yeshua saw that, uh, saw that he answered wisely, I put the scribe there because it, in Luke or in Mark here, it's a scribe who was like commenting on the end of what the Pharisees were talking about. Okay, so there, so this scribe was commended for answering wisely. Okay, he said to them, "You are not." And then Yeshua follows up, "You are not far from the reign of Elohim or the kingdom of Elohim." And after that, no one was uh, was bold enough to question him. Okay. So now we got Yeshua, and Yeshua responding said, while teaching the set-apart place, because this is where this is taking place again, in, in, the, around, in around the temple area, how is it the scribes say that the Messiah is the son of David? So he's addressing who now? I believe he's addressing the Pharisees, okay? So he's tur- you got those groups together. The scribes answered kind of spot on, according to Yeshua. And then he, then he turns to the Pharisees, and he says, the, the scribes are saying this, okay? So how is it the scribes say that the Messiah is the son of David? David himself said, by the set-apart spirit, Yahweh said, my master, sit at my right hand until I make your enemies a footstool to, uh, of your feet. David himself calls him master, in what way then is he son? And the large crowds heard him gladly. So again, there's that the large crowds were there. Okay? So what I'm what I'm picturing, and you can judge for yourself, you had these five groups of people, all right? And then you had the Sadducees, Pharisees, and now like the scribes are gonna get involved, questioning Messiah, putting them in on the spot, okay? And now Messiah's turning this all around, and now he's going to project this back to, uh, back to the Pharisees and back to the scribes, and ultimately back to all those who are, are around him, okay? That's where I'm getting this idea of a movie script that, it, to me, it only makes sense if you bring in Matthew, uh, Mark, and Luke all at the same time. So, we, so in Matthew 22, we said, then he said, the Pharisees were gathered together. Yeshua asked them, okay? So you see this going on. Luke, let's go to Luke 20. And some of the scribes answered and said, teacher, you have spoken well. So they're like, oh, yeah, you spoke well, Yeshua. 
And they were not bold enough to question him anymore. And then he said to them, how do they say, and he's referring to the Pharisees, how do they say that the, uh, the Messiah is the son of David? For David himself said in the, in the book of Psalms, Yahweh said, uh, Yahuwah said to my master, sit at my right hand until I make my enemies a footstool of your, uh, of, your, of your feet. David then calls him master. How is he then his son? Okay. So if I didn't, hopefully I didn't confuse you without, but you can see what I'm talking about. You need to uh, see how Messiah is addressing this whole crowd and who they are and who them are. Okay in that sense, and how he was addressing them. So, so we, what we hear is, so were the Pharisees and the scribes wrong in their answer? Go ahead. I was just wondering if the scribes and the Pharisees, are they different or are they the same? Yes, they are different, different. a different group of people. They could be part of it, but the scribes are uh, more associated, they're the ones doing the reco- uh, uh uh, recording the scriptures, writing them down and that. But no, there, there are somewhat three distinct groups here as far as the Sadducees and the Pharisees and the scribes, you know, and they have uniquenesses to themselves, you know. So, which is interesting, you know, about that. And I can send you some stuff on that that will give you some background on each of the little groups of how they were. But yet they seem to... Uh, well, the Sadducees and the Pharisees, we talked about how they didn't get along on certain points, but yet they're all here together <laughs> for some reason, you know, um, whether, whatever their motives was, uh, innocent or not, um, I see sometimes maybe it wasn't, they, you know, but no, that's a good question. So, so Mike, uh, so looking at this, so um, were the Pharisees and the scribes wrong in their answer? He's the son of David, right? That's what Scripture says, and I'll show you. So they wasn't necessarily wrong in their answer. Okay, so if that wasn't the case, was there something puzzling about Psalms 110? We'll look at that, Okay. And I got two types of views that I'll share with you, but either way, we'll still end up um, in one area on that. So, so it wasn't wrong, but they, they didn't answer incorrectly because it was, it was a correct answer, you know, because he's going to from the Messiah or the, there was to be a king that comes from the lineage of David. It's quite clear all through Scripture, okay? So is it that may... Um, is it, was maybe Messiah trying to bring out something that they were unwilling to admit or that they were overlooking? I don't know, okay? Due to Messiah's actions or Yeshua's actions where they try to overlooking things. Um, and I'm, I'm not going to answer what I feel on that. That's something that you have to weigh out yourself, maybe what they were saying amongst themselves. But I do believe, in some sense, Messiah is, going to bring, is trying to bring out something deeper in referring back to Psalms 110, because that's where we'll go, okay? It's maybe something else going on here, of course. Yeshua is referring to Psalms 110, so let's read that, okay? And that will give us a backdrop, and we can start going from there. So, 
psalm, and this is the complete psalm. It's only six or seven verses, okay? So, of, uh, of David, a psalm. Yahweh spoke to my master, sit at my right hand until I make your enemies a footstool for your feet. Yahuwah sends your mighty scepter out of Zion or Zion. Rule in, rule in the midst of your enemies. You people volunteer in the day of your might, in the splendors of your set-apartness. From the womb, from the morning, you have the dew of your youth. Yahuwah has sworn and does not relent. You are a priest forever according to the order of Melchizedek. Yahuwah at your right hand uh, right hand shall smite sovereigns in the day of his wrath. He judges among the nations or the peoples. He shall fill the nations with dead bodies. He shall crush the head over the mighty earth. He drinks of the stream by the wayside. Therefore, he does not, uh, therefore, he does not lift up the head. So there's a lot of interesting things in here, but I Still, I just want to focus on the first part of, of the Psalms, okay? Now, you notice here, it doesn't say anything about the Spirit, but Messiah said, David, while in the Spirit, said this. So I think that was kind of interesting. And I'll show you later on why I think a theory I have, okay? I'll present to you. So keep that in mind. So... So this section in here, Yahweh said to my master, sit at my right hand and tell you your enemies a footstool. I looked at this and I have, um, I have another, uh, in my research, I come across this other view. I want to present it to you because I think it's interesting. Okay, whether it's correct or not, I think it's, we'll learn something from it. This word, my master, that's what I have highlighted. Now, the traditionally it said my master my adonai okay now i read this one gentleman's paper and i thought it was kind of interesting he's he's thinking okay because later on the vowel markers were put in place okay this very word that we're going to look at is spelled the same exact way you know but different vowel markers what he had mentioned he says I, he was mentioning that i don't think it says my master He's saying, I think it says more, the, the word is my eden, okay? Meaning more of the sense of strength, a basis of, of a building, a foundation, a column, that type of foundation of a socket, okay? That's what he's saying that is this word. And I, I entertained it because I thought that was kind of interesting because, you know, they answered son of David. There's no big puzzle there. But the puzzle would be there if it was, how did, how did Yahweh spoke to my foundation of who I am? And, you know, and you'll take the right hand. So I thought that was kind of interesting in that sense. This very word, it's used in Job 38, where you, um, where you, this is Job, where he's, Yahweh's, um, what's the what word, what I use? Yahweh's kind of reproving Job and his friends in this big debate. And at the end of the book, 
the father really comes home and says one of these things. Were you there when I laid the foundations of the earth? Declared if you understand that. Okay? So this word, Eden, foundation, it's used in Scripture, and I think it's in one other, um, the other places that it pops up, I thought was actually kind of cool. All the other places, I think it was like all the other places except one, it's the, um, it's the socket or the foundation piece of silver that holds up the tabernacle, where the beams hold it up or the outside, you know? So it's that footer, that beginning that holds everything together, holds it upright. So that type of imagery for me, I'm like, wow, maybe this guy does have something. And again, he may, it may not be correct, okay? And it, may, and it may very well may be just Adan, my Adonai, uh, from it, they're saying it's from an unused root, root um, but it meaning sovereign, a controller, a human, a divine lord, master, owner. So, and it also goes in the front of other words as well. So, Adonai actually means my master, Adan, a master, or whatever. So, so whether it's just another way that I look at uh, what was going on and maybe what, why Messiah used that particular song, psalm and brought it back to them. How is this so? How is that so? Because then that would be kind of interesting. How would David, Yahuwah speaks to David and said, your foundation, okay, is going to be son. Well, I can see that how David's son would be there too, but yet I can see a deeper thing about why it would be puzzling that David's talking about something that was before him that is going to come and rule in on his throne, okay? And I'm just putting that out there as uh, speculation, but the principle of that whole idea, make sure we don't lose, okay? So, looking into this, uh, one of the rabbis comments on this, the word of the Lord to my master, our rabbis interpreted as referring to Abraham, our father. And I shall explain according to their words. And then the word of Yahuwah to Abraham, who, whom the world called my master, as it is written in Genesis 23, 6. Hearken to us, my master. Okay? That's the comments that are in the, I believe this is the Mishnah or the Talmud, or, or, or either way. So they're seeing Psalms in some ways. I got to bring forth, I don't quite agree what they're actually saying, but there is a fundamental foundation level that's going on here because they're referring to Abraham, that this psalm, Yahweh said to my master who is Abraham, I will put someone on your throne, okay? Which that kind of actually goes along with the whole picture too because remember, who was Abraham? To be a blessing to all nations. And is he not the father of our faith in some sense because he stuck to the Torah? He brought the Torah in his family, you know, so, so I do see that. But they referred to this in Genesis 23, 6, where in the sons of Heth answered Abraham, saying to him, Hear us, my master, my Adonai, 
You are a prince of Elohim among us. Bury your dead in the choices of the burial places. None, um, none of us withhold from you this burial site for burying your dead. Uh, Mikpalah, I believe, is the place where I believe Abraham ended up buying to bury his family there. So you do see that element of that master or that kind of a foundation that's even in the rabbis, what they're mentioning here. But I don't think it's Abraham. Okay, I don't think it's referring to Abraham, okay, even though it kind of fits real nice, and I'll show you why. So, I want to read something else to you. This is about David and his throne. That's the context that Yahshua's brought forth, right? He's using Psalm 110. And remember Messiah said that one key phrase? David, in the spirit, says... Okay, this brings us back to 1 Chronicles 17. And I shall prepare a place for my people Israel and plant them, and they shall dwell in the, in the place of their own and move no more, nor shall the sons of the wickedness oppress them any more as at the first. This is being spoken to David, King David. Okay, David wants to build a house. For, our, for Yahuwah, all right? But Yahuwah is answering him here, okay? Since the time that I command rulers to be over my people Israel, and I have humbled all your enemies, and I declared to you that Yahuwah does build you a house, and it shall be when your days are filled to go to, uh, to, go to be with your fathers, when David expires, goes and gathers to, uh, dies and gathers to his fathers, that I shall raise up your seed after you, who is of your sons, and I shall establish his reign. David is being promised that someone from his lineage, from his ruling power, is going to be rose up as king, right? Now, get ahead of ourselves. We know that's Solomon, right? But let me read further, and you tell me if this sounds like it's Solomon's reign, okay? He does build me a house, and I shall establish his throne forever. Does that match up with Solomon? Because we know Solomon has passed away, and he's no longer with us, right? So, he does build me a house, and I shall establish his throne forever. I am to be his father, and he is to be my son, and my... Um, and and my kindness, I do not turn away from him as I look, uh, as I, uh, I'm sorry, as I took it from him who was before you. And I shall establish him in my house, in my reign again forever, and, and let his throne be established forever. According to all these words and according to all this vision, is it a spiritual vision? Okay, so, so did Nathan speak to David. Okay, so David, I do see that he's getting promised that a son from you is going to be on that throne. But at the same time, I think there's something much bigger in this commentary that's going on. Then it goes on to, it goes on to say, and the sovereign David came to me 
uh, and the sovereign David came in and sat before Yahuwah and said, Who am I, Yahuwah Elohim, Yahweh my God, and that my house that you have, uh, have brought me this far? So we're, we know it's at the same time talking about David's um, Solomon, who now comes in. I would like to inter- uh, suggest to you Solomon, Solomon is also a picture of Yahshua. Okay? And I think a lot of this speaks within here how Messiah is using David said in the spirit, okay, Yahuwah to my master or the one who's going to sit at my right hand and until all the enemies are destroyed. Well, we don't, that only, to me, only happens with Yahshua, the, everything coming together with our Messiah, Yahshua, okay? So David's son was Solomon. Now, this is a type of shadow picture of the father and son picture here, okay? Again, this is my own theology I'd like to put forth here. So you had King David did not build the house. His son built the house that David had in his heart, that was in the heart of David, okay? The son built that house. So could we not say that our father, who we can't see in his heart, was to build a house? Does he build that with his son? Has not Yahshua the one who's going to build the Father's house? And what's it say? He's going to build the house that no man's hands have done, have built. So that means that house, whatever it is, is going to be constructed by the the hand of the Almighty, right? And I might add, maybe that's sitting right in front of us right now, this house. This is the house the Almighty's built that the Messiah has come to rebuild and redo, all right? And in the future, it's going to be completely new, all right? Refreshed, (laughs) new wallpaper, new everything, right? All right? So that's what I think is going on here. And those are what I wanted to add. So the house that, um, that no man's hands has made, you can see this in the background as well. Now, this also will line up this, at least this thinking of Messiah being that king that's going to rule eternally from the seed of David. We'll check the, we'll, I'll show you why that matches up there. And maybe that's what he was trying to get out of the people. Think here. What do you have? Be, who was, you know, maybe trying to say, do you know who's right before you? You know? Shabbat shalom, man. So, but... This idea with Solomon, okay? Messiah makes a comment um, in, um, in Matthew 12, 42. We've already gone over it. And he says, behold, someone greater than Solomon is here. Okay? Now, think about that. Okay? There's more to that statement. Yeah, Solomon has come. There's someone bigger than Solomon. There's a bigger king, a king that's not going to die whose reign is going to be forever. That's what I think Messiah was trying to direct him to with this idea of Solomon. Someone's greater than Solomon's here. How much greater is someone's 
kingdom that is going to rule for eternity. Okay? So there's more on this Messiah King. If you haven't noticed that a Messiah and the King are being crisscrossed and they seem to be one and the same. Okay? Psalms 2. Why do the goyim or the Gentiles rage and the peoples meditate emptiness? The sovereigns of the earth take their stand and the rulers take counsel together against Yahuwah and against his Mashiach, his Messiah, and say, let us tear apart the bonds and throw away the ropes from us. Now, I, have a, I was thinking about this. This is, what's this, whose ropes? These kings of the earth, these people want to throw away what? Yahweh's and his Messiah's ropes. So another way of saying is, let's throw away the bonds of the Torah and the Old Testament. Okay? Let's throw that away from us. We don't need that anymore. Right? Because it's Yahweh and his Messiah. All of a sudden... There seems to be an understanding now that you have Yahshua, you throw away the bonds, those burdensome things that you have to do. Then it goes on. He who's sitting in the heavens laughs. Yahuwah mocks at them. When he speaks to them in his wrath, that's how he's going to talk to you, and troubles them in his rage, saying, but I have set my sovereign in Zion. He has set his king in Zion, my set-apart mountain. I inscribed for, for Allah. Yahweh has, Yahweh has said to me, you are my son. Today I have brought you forth. That's talking about the Messiah. And any king is known to be a son as well. Ask of me, and I'll make the goyim your inheritance and the ends of the earth your possessions. Now you can see why Hasatan was tempting him. Yeshua, our king, was saying, no, I got a job to do. I know my inheritance, and it's not coming from you, Hasatan, and I'm not going to bow down to you, Hasatan. I'm going to fulfill the commandments of my father to the death, and I will inherit what my father has given me. And we should do the same thing, too. We should adhere to the commandments, to our death. Do we not inherit with our brother Yeshua his kingdom? Because we're his brothers. So, ask of me, and I'll make the goyim your inheritance. All the nations and the ends of the earth, your possessions. Break them with the rod of iron. Dash them to pieces like a potter's vessel. And now, be wise, O kings. Be instructed, you rulers of the earth. Everybody else. Serve Yahuwah and fear him and rejoice with trembling. Kiss the son, lest he be enraged, and you perish in the way, for soon his wrath is to be kindled. Blessed are those who taking refuge in him. The son. So, now if that wasn't enough, I still have some more cool things to show you, okay, about King David. And his seed and how important it was and why Yahshua uses that and why it should be important for us, okay? Even though most of us are not Jews, it's still very important for us to know these things because he is our king and he's coming from the seed of David 
We'll see, see that here. Zechariah 12, and I shall pour on the house of David and on the inhabitants of Jerusalem a spirit of favor and prayers, and they shall look on me whom they pierced, and they shall mourn for him as one mourns for his only son, and they shall be, be in bitterness over him as a bitterness over a firstborn. Maybe this was what Messiah was trying to bring out to them and referring back to Psalms 110, Okay. Malachi 3 says this, Then shall the offerings of Judah, uh, Judah and Jerusalem be pleasant to Yahuwah, as in the days of old, as in the former years. It gives you some kind of insight on the sacrificial system that's not done away with. And I shall draw near to you for right ruling, and I shall be swift witness against the participants of witchcraft and against the adulterers and against them that swear to falsehoods, okay, and against those who oppress the wage earn in his wages in the widow in the fatherless and those who turn away from sojourn and those who turn from away from the sojourner um, and do not fear me. This says Yahuwah hosts, for I am Yahuwah, I do not change. He just gave you a list of stuff that he's not going to change on. Okay? You sons of Jacob shall come, shall come to an end. For the days of your fathers, they have turned aside from my laws, from my Torahs, from my instruction, and did not guard them. Turn back to me, and I shall turn back to you, says Yahuwah of hosts. But you say, and, and what shall we turn back to? That's all talking about turning back to the Torah, turning back to the commandments. Psalm 97, please mark that down and read that. Now, here's another one. Um, some of this you might know already. Isaiah 11, okay? And this is all about the kingdom, the, that king, and the promises uh, handed down to David. And a rod shall come from the stump of Jesse, and a sprout from the roots shall bear fruit. The spirit of Yahuwah rests upon him, the spirit of wisdom, the understanding, the spirit of counsel, might, the spirit of knowledge, and the fear of Yahuwah. And he shall, uh, and shall make him breathe, uh, breathe in fear of Yahuwah. And he shall not judge by sight of his own eyes, nor decide by the hearing of his own ears. That means he's not going to judge by his own judgment. This one who comes from the root of Jesse is going to be judging by what has been given to him. He's not going to make it up right there. He's not going to judge what he sees fit in his own eyes. He's going to judge by what his father has handed to him, which, by the way, he sees fit that it is good to stand by that. Okay? But with righteousness, he shall judge the poor. That tells you exactly what I'm meaning. Righteousness can only be defined by the Torah and what he has defined what is righteous and what's not. Um, he'll judge the poor and decide with the straightness for the meek ones of the earth and shall uh, smite the earth with the rod of his mouth and slay the wrong with the breath of his lips. So that's, again, a picture of this coming king, which is a Messiah king. Malachi 3, see, I'm sending my messenger, and I should prepare a way before me. 
then suddenly the, the master whom you seek comes to his uh, its house. That's the, it also means house referring to the temple. Chachal. Chachal. Okay? So it's interesting how this reads. See, I'm sending my messenger, and he shall prepare a way before me. That might be John the Baptist, right? Then suddenly the master whom you're seeking comes to his temple, comes to where he's at. Isn't that where we're at in Matthew right now? At that temple in the time of Passover, even the messenger of the covenant, there is only one who's been the messenger of that covenant. And that's Yahweh himself or the word of Yahweh, okay? And whom you delight. See, he is coming, says Yahweh of hosts. And who is able to bear the day of his coming? So this is yet to come, his coming. And who is able to stand when he appears? For he is like fire of a refiner and like the soap of a launderer. And he, sh- he shall sit as a refiner and cleanser of silver. Sounds like a kingly position here. And he shall cleanse the sons of Levi and refine them as gold and silver, and they shall belong to Yahweh, bring, bringing, um, bringing near an offering in righteousness. Okay? So now everyone's familiar with this one, right? So let's bring this into the whole context, how the Messiah is addressing the Sadducees and the Pharisees and the whole idea about King David's lineage. For a child shall be born unto us, a son shall be given to us, and his rule is on his, sh- and the rule is on his shoulders. And remember that word shoulder means Shechem. And do you know what happened at Shechem? A reminder: Mount of blessing, a Mount of cursing. That Shechem's right in the center. So even behind this idea of this one's on his shoulder is the blessings and the cursing, and it's the, the Torah and the commandments that are there. Shoulder, and his name is called Wonderful Counselor, Strong L, Father of, uh, Father of Eternity, Continual, Prince of Peace, of the increase of his rule, which he's a, a ruling king, and peace, there is no end upon the throne of David, and over his reign, he established it and sustains it with right ruling and with righteousness from now on forever. The adorer of Yahuwah of hosts does this. So here you can see even this picture that I'm believing that's what was Messiah is trying to bring out to not only the Pharisees, the Sadducees, and the scribes, but even his own followers and those other people that might have been gathered around at this time of Passover. Now, the Babylonian Talmud on this says that um, there will be named one with, uh, there will be named with name of the Holy One. Blessed be he, and they are, so this is definitions of names of the Holy One, of the, of the King, Okay. So the, uh, the Babylonian Talmud said, it'll be, these are terms for the Messiah. I'm sorry, terms for the Messiah. The upright one, Yeshurun, that's a term, okay? The, uh, then the Mashiach. Uh, uh, and then also one particular one, it's in Jeremiah 23, where it says, in his name whereby we will call him, we will be called Yahweh of our righteousness, Yahweh Sedekenu. So even that, 
I know I'm kind of getting off of what we're talking about, but that it, was, it just comes into that whole play. Yes, Mark. I have a comment on your Isaiah 9. Uh-huh. So the, I was going to look at a couple things, but the contents, context of that is King Ahaz that is very concerned that he is about to get wiped out. Him and his seed is going to be wiped out by an invading uh, two kings that are coming to invade his territory. And the Lord sends the prophet Isaiah to speak to King Ahaz to tell him that this is not going to happen and I'm going to give you a sign to show you that it's not going to happen. Mm -hmm. This prophecy is the sign because he asks him, ask for a sign, and he says, I will not test the Lord. So the Lord sends him a sign anyway, and this is a sign he gives him, basically saying that the miracle that your seed is not going to be wiped out is that a promise has come through your lineage, King David, which you are a part of, that a Messiah is going to be born a seed from your lineage. Mm -hmm. This is his guarantee that you're not going to be wiped out because Messiah is going to be born of your it's going to be one of your children. It's interesting that, you know, he may be thinking, oh, this is going to be my next generation. I'm, you know, in reading that, he doesn't ever tell him it's not going to be, I forget, I was going to look to be more accurate, but it's like another, what is it, 14, or, or I could look at it in Matthew 1. It's quite a few generations down the road before this prophecy is fulfilled. Yes. So these people, you know, I, I'm thinking if that was me, I'd be thinking, okay, is this a son I'm going to have or is this going to be my grandson? But it's interesting that the promise was given to him way Beforehand. many generations before this was even fulfilled as a promise that, no, my seed that is going, the promised Messiah is going to be, is going to come and be fulfilled through you. No, that, thank you, Paul. Yes. And that's awesome because, you know, uh, I don't know the address but uh, he says, have I not told you beforehand what I'm going to do? You know, it has, been, it has been laid down already, so it's nothing new to you when I accomplish this. Yes, Joe. Okay, the, the words, the rule is on his shoulder. Shoulders are what the weight is carried on. The weight, mm -hmm. he carried the weight of the world upon his shoulders. And... He cannot be called wonder, counselor, strong, etc., 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 until he carries all that upon his shoulders on the cross. Yes. No, I, I can see that. Yes. Thank you, Joe. So we have a... Uh, oh, am I over? I, do I need to... Can I finish up real quick? Okay. Isaiah 16. And the kindness and the throne shall be established, and one shall sit on it in truth, and the in the tent or the tabernacle of David, judging and seeking right ruling and, uh, and uh, speedy righteousness. Jeremiah 20, uh, 23, See, the days are coming, declares Yahuwah, and I shall raise from David a branch of righteousness, and a sovereign shall reign and act wisely and shall do right ruling and righteousness in the earth. In his days, Yahuda shall be saved, and Israel dry, uh, dwell safely. And 
And his is, and, and this is his name whereby we shall call, be called. And there's where comes Yahweh, our righteousness, or Yahweh Sedekenu, a very important term that is for the Messiah. Uh, Zechariah 14, and Yahweh shall reign over all the earth in the days where there shall be, in that, in that day there shall be one Yahweh and his name one. So, you can ponder that one with Messiah, King, and Yahuwah. How is Yahuwah reigning over the all earth? How is he going to do that? And how does his name, his character, his nature become one? I see that that's in the Messiah. And the moon shall blush and the sun be ashamed. For Yahweh of hosts shall reign on Mount Zion in Jerusalem and before his elders in glory or esteem. Daniel, and we'll close with this one. And in those days of, uh, of these sovereigns, of the kings, um, the Eloah, or it, it's, it's another form of El, Elohim, or God of the heavens, shall shut up a rain which shall, shall never be destroyed, nor the rain pass on to another people. It, shall, uh, it crushes and puts to an end all these rains, and it shall stand forever. So, just closing real quick, think about what is your enemies? What enemies has Yeshua put on? Actually, let's shorten it. What one enemy that you can never overcome that Yeshua overcome for you? One enemy. What? I didn't hear you. Death? Is that what you said? Death. Same thing? Yes, death. So he has put that under our feet. So... That's what I believe Yeshua is trying to bring uh, forth out of the crowd of people when they were questioning him, and he turns this on them and asks, you know what, let's go to Psalms 110. What was, what was the Father talking about here? Okay? So let me leave you with that. I'm kind of over. So if you have any questions on any of this that I went over, bring them back next week, and I'll allot a little section so we can talk about them. Okay? I know we went through a whole lot. Father Yahweh, we give you great thanks. Father, we thank you for your words. We thank you for your promise that you have made to David that you have a king that will rule eternally. And we trust in whom you send, and that's your son Yahshua, our Messiah and our king. Father, we thank you for his blood that's bringing us back in the hope and the, promise of, uh, the promises that you have in him. Be with us today, Father, and have it be pleasing to you. Amen. Shabbat shalom, everyone. So. Make sure you do bring some, and those online be, will be right back, so make sure you uh, tune back in. So next week, uh, seriously, bring some things. I know I went through a whole bunch. Maybe you can think about some stuff, and let me know what your thoughts are. Okay.